I'm going to call the meeting to order. Clerk will call the roll. Pan. Here. Pan here, Pirtle. Here. Pirtle here, Richmond. Here. Richmond here, Rip. Here. Rip here, Rit. Here. Rit here, Rusk. Here. Rusk here, Saloff. Here. Saloff here, Shower. Here. Shower here, Schmidt. Here. Schmidt here, Solberg. Solberg absent. Stubbs. Here. Stubbs here, Veldrin. Veldrin absent. Wegleitner. Wegleitner here, Willett. Here. Willett here, Zweifel. Here. Zweifel here, Baird. Here. Bear here, Bollig. Here. Bollig here, Chenoweth. Here. Chenoweth here, Clausius. Here. Clausius here, De Felice. Here. De Felice here, Downing. Here. Downing here, Die. Here. Die here, Erickson. Here. Erickson here, Farrell. Here. Farrell here, Gillis. Here. Gillis here, Hendrick. Here. Hendrick here, Jones. Here. Jones here, Kiefer. Here. Kiefer here, Kolar. Here. Kolar here, Krause. Here. Krause here, Levin. Here. Levin here, Matano. Here. Matano here, McCarvel. McCarville here, Miles. Miles absent. Nelson. Here. Nelson here, O'Loughlin. Here. O'Loughlin here, Corrigan. Here. Corrigan here. 34 are present. We have a quorum. Um, Supervisor Solberg had notice, notified us that she would be absent this evening. This evening will be led in our prayer and inspirational message by Supervisor Pan. Thank you, Chair Corrigan. Um, I don't think I need to... Uh, remind anyone about recent tragedies. Um, so uh, as such, in light of recent events, I first wanted to open up by saying, you know, uh, it, is, it is right to mourn and grieve. And I think to do so, I think we should have a moment of silence. So hope everyone joins me for a quiet moment of silence. Thank you. Um, so for the inspirational message, uh, I was thinking what would I say, given that this is the last informational, inspirational message I'll ever give. Uh, and I, I think I, this is the second time I've gotten a budget meeting, too. Anyway, so uh, I think I got a budget hearing last time. So I thought I'd come up with something a little budget related, and it's a uh, song by one of my favorite artists, a rapper named Kendrick Lamar. Um, so this is how much a dollar cost with a few edits to keep it PG. Um, how much a dollar really costs? The question is detrimental, paralyzing my thoughts. Parasites in my stomach keep me with a gut feeling. Gotta see how I'm chilling once I park this luxury car. Hopping out feeling big as Matumbo. 20 on pump, 630 Marcellus, call me Dumbo. 20 years ago, can't forget. Now I lend him a year or two how to stack these residuals. residuals. Tenfold the liberal concept of what men will do. 20 on six, he didn't hear me. Indigenous African only spoke Zulu. My American tongue was slurry. Walking out the gas station. A homeless man with a silly tan complexion asked me for 10 grand, stressing about dry land. Deep water, powder blue skies that crack open. A piece of crack that he wanted, I knew he was smoking. He begged and pleaded, asked me to feed him twice. I didn't believe it, told him to beat it. 
contributing money just for his pipe, I couldn't see it. He said, my son, temptation is one thing I've defeated. Listen to me. I want a single bill from you. Nothing less, nothing more. I told him I ain't have it and closed my door. Tell, him how much, tell me how much a dollar costs. It's more to feed your mind. Water, sun, and love. The one you love. All you need. The air you breathe. He's staring at me in disbelief. My temper is building. He's staring at me. I grab my key. He's staring at me. I start the car and try to leave. And something told me to keep it in park until I could see. A reason why he was mad at a stranger like I was supposed to save him. Like I'm the reason he's homeless and asking, for, asking me for a favor. He's staring at me. His eyes follow me with no laser. He's staring at me. I notice his stare is contagious because now I'm staring back at him, feeling some type of disrespect. If I could throw a bat at him, it'd be aiming at his neck. I never understood someone begging for goods, asking for handouts, taking it if they could. And this particular person just had it down pat, staring at me for the longest until he asked, have you ever opened to Exodus 14? A humble man is all we ever need. Tell me how much a dollar cost. Guilt tripping and feeling resentment. I never met a transient that demanded attention. They got me frustrated, indecisive, and power tripping. Sour emotions got me looking at the universe different. I should distance myself. I should keep it relentless. My selfishness is what got me here. Who am I kidding? So I'm telling you, like I told the last bum, crumbs and pennies. I need all of mine, and I recognize this type of panhandling all the time. I got better judgment. I know when you're hustling. Keep in mind, when I was struggling, I did compromise. Now I comprehend. I smoke grandpa's old medicine, reeking from your skin, moonshine and gin. You're babbling. Your worms ain't flat. I'm imagining Denzel will be looking at O'Neill because now I'm sad in sad thrills. Your gimmick is mediocre. The jig is up. I see you from a mile away, losing focus, and I'm insensitive. I lack empathy. You look at me and said, your potential is bittersweet. I look at him and said, every nickel is mine to keep. He looked at me and said, know the truth. It'll set you free. You're looking at the Messiah, the son of Jehovah, the higher power, the choir that spoke the word, the Holy Spirit, the nerve of Nazareth, and I'll tell you just how much a dollar costs. The price of having a spot in heaven. Embrace your loss. I am God. Please join me in the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, and indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, Supervisor Pan. So, um, this evening we're doing the budget. And um, the just so that you can find things on your iPad that you know where things are. The sub is attached. It's one of the um, resolution um, 254 sub 1 um, is attached. And then also the operating amendments that were considered by personnel and finance is attached. So we will begin with resolution 254, the 2016 Dane County Operating Budget Appropriations Resolution. And um, what's before us is sub 1. And we will consider amendments to that offered by anyone on the floor. And um, you have been given a list of what order we're doing those in. We're beginning with, we're doing it by oversight committee. And um, we're beginning with the health and human needs committee oversight. And just as we have done in past years, we will go through each department. And if you are interested in offering an amendment on a department, um, I will recognize you, and you can offer your amendment. Um, as we go through, we won't be skipping around. We'll be going through, and then once we've gone through all the departments, considered all the amendments, um, we will then vote on the resolution. So to begin with, we have under Health and Human Needs Committee Oversight, Human Services. Are there any amendments um, that anyone wishes to offer on the Human Services budget? Supervisor Stubbs. Thank you, Madam Chair. I'd like our staff, Karen, to pass out an amendment that I would like you, Supervisor, to review. 
I'd like to move the amendment once everyone has it. Supervisor Stubbs is moving County Board Operating Amendment one, 1, 2, and 3. 1, 2, and 3 as one motion. Is there a second? Supervisor Baird seconds that motion. Supervisor Stubbs. Thank you, Madam on your Chair. Amendment. First and foremost, I'd like to thank my colleagues for the work that they've put into it. Uh, this particular budget amendment talks specifically about um, the expansion of diversion programs and talks about a reentry access. As many of you know, given the theme that we're dealing with right now, race and equity, it is critical that we continue to reduce those areas that need to be reduced. It is a need for case management. It is a need for individuals that are currently in our Dane County Jail to be transitioned back into our community. This particular person that would be doing this job would be doing case management working directly with Jerome Dillard. Many of you know that there is a great need in that area and so I'm asking you to support this amendment on tonight. As you can see I found the lines for the, um, for the budget. Um, I'm looking at it's a $27,000 budget amendment. I'm looking at actually um, starting the clerk typist 1-2 position on September 1st. It's for $23,700. Amendment number two is reducing the outreach education recruitment line for the new office that will be created, the Office of Equity and Inclusion, by $3,300. And as you can see, the final budget amendment that I'm asking for support on tonight is for $27,000 for jail inmate case management. And these dollars would be going directly to Genesis Social Services. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Supervisor Stubbs. Is there discussion on Supervisor Stubbs's motion? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and Supervisor Stubbs's um, amendment is adopted. Next, are there any other amendments on the Human Services budget? Seeing none. The Veterans Service Office. Are there any amendments on the Veterans Service Office? Seeing none, we'll now move on to Public Works and Transportation Committee oversight. Are there any amendments on the Public Works Highway and Transportation budget? Next, on the Solid Waste budget, are there any amendments? on facilities management administration, on the Alliant Energy Center, on the airport, on Henry Vilas Zoo. Seeing none on any of those, we'll move on to Public Protection and Judiciary Committee oversight. Are there any um, amendments on the Corporation Council Office? On the Clerk of Courts? On Criminal Justice Law Clerks? Family Court Services? The medical examiner, Supervisor Dave Felice. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, I have an amendment uh, regarding the medical examiner's office. As you know, I've uh, indicated. Just a moment, Supervisor Dave Felice. Could you make sure we have a copy of it up here and that it gets distributed? 
Oh, and is there a second to Supervisor De Felice's amendment? Supervisor Chenoweth seconds Supervisor De Felice's amendment. You can go ahead, Supervisor De Felice. I think most people are getting it. Okay. Okay, there's uh, you've got two pages. First is the amendment, and the second is uh, a page uh, from the medical examiner's budget request. <clears throat> I think we just have the amendment, so you might want to describe. Did we not get this out too? No, you just asked for the amendment. Okay. Um, well, apparently that didn't get through. Um, my request for this to be just distributed. Um, Madam Chair, as you know, I've, uh, I've had a problem with the medical examiner's office expansion uh, since it took place. Uh, this is a, an expansion that took place without really uh, common knowledge, without uh, consent of the board. It was just announced and done, and it's being done uh, by press announcement every time we announce that we're linking up with a new county to do their autopsy and morgue services. Um, the latest is Brown County. And uh, it was my concern that we are adding costs, costs that really wasn't uh, overseen by the county board and costs that is being added now uh, left and right. And it was a contention of supporters of the expansion of the medical office that we will actually make money on this, which I find patently ridiculous because we are now in the midst of building a $13 million building for the medical examiner, not to mention uh, the positions from 214 to 216 have gone from 10 to 15, and uh, the expenses have gone up about $700,000. So my amendment uh, pertains to the budget request from the medical examiner's office that asks for additional positions, and one of them is for $147,000 which would make this person the 24th highest paid person in county government, higher than the county executive, way higher than the county executive, and way higher than a bunch of other people. I believe the county executive salary comes in around 33 or 34, 35. This would be the 24th highest. Um, the other piece of paper that I had to pass out to you just simply showed that in one budget line where they're making, where the medical examiner is making its request for uh, uh, increased positions, they indicate that morgue use revenue has been less than projected in 2015. This is on page 148. And then in the next section below where they make another request, this is for the $147,000 position, these changes, I'm quoting, are requested to address increasing caseloads. So on one hand, they're saying morgue use revenue has been less than projected in 2015, and now they're asking for new positions to, quote, address increasing caseloads. So to me, it's kind of contradictory. Uh, and so I put forward an amendment to eliminate that position and the others to affect the savings increase of $189,300.
Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor De Felice. On Supervisor De Felice's motion, Supervisor Rusk. Thank you, Madam Chair. Well, here we go again. Um, when the executive budget was presented to the county board in October, um, Chuck Hicklin provided us with an analysis of all of the new positions and the basic changes proposed in the county executive's budget. And about a third of the way down, there was a reduction in Dane County GPR of $30,000 reflected in the growth in the medical examiner's expansion. I'm going to say that again. There was a reduction of $30,000 in local GPR going to the medical examiner because of the expansion. The positions that are under consideration in this, this amendment are actually Dane County positions. Um, we have an extremely uh, hard-working medical examiner office. They are doing phenomenal work and they need these positions. During the budget process, Madam Chair, you'll recall that a few weeks ago we decided that we needed to um, reverse the uh, uh, laundry contract and we had a difficult time finding the dollars to reverse that because of the levy cap. Well, we went to the medical examiner and I said, you know, when you, you first started with Brown County, that's a while back. Brown County is now for sure. Can you look at your lines? Is there any other projected revenue that you would be safe uh, for us because we need more revenue? And they said yes, and it's in the morgue use fee. So there was an additional $15,000 because of the medical examiner's expansion that was freed up so that we could keep our budget in the black and under the levy cap. Um, what you need to understand is the expansion in the forensic pathologist, and of course a forensic pathologist makes more than the county executive. I mean, that is an extremely highly paid position with a huge amount of experience. And the work that is done there is critical to law enforcement. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're making a much more regional approach. Now, uh, when this amendment came to PP&J, unfortunately it came on the same night that um, Supervisor De Felice had his standing committee. So he couldn't get there in time to present it to PP&J. Um, but we've been through this issue repeatedly, time and time again. There is no expansion of the medical examiner's office that has not gone through the county board. We keep approving the various resolutions. And we actually did an extraordinary vote. We said, you know, this is not the proper direction just to be on the safe side. We better send a message to the finance committee and we flatly turned it down. 
Um, but we had a very critical article um, at PPJ meeting, and I should have brought it tonight, but it came from the, I think it was the Wall Street Journal. Madam Chair, you actually saw it and sent it to me, and it talked about the extreme shortage of forensic pathologists all over the United States. And if you want to, the theme of the story was that you have to do a regional approach and, and share resources. Um, and then it, it was kind of interesting. If you want to get away with murder in the United States, do it in Wyoming because they don't have any forensic pathologists at the moment in Wyoming. And the, the quality and the type of work that they actually do, um, you, you know, that is um, it, 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 it's exceedingly important. So the finances are working fine. We had an additional $45,000 in GPR uh, to work with as we put together the budget that we're going to pass tonight. Um, and if you talk to anybody in law enforcement or the district attorney's office, they will go up and down and tell you how wonderful it is to have those forensic pathologists right here. A lot of times they do the autopsies with the district attorney and the sheriff's deputies and the police officers right there and it becomes a, a training opportunity for law enforcement. So um, everybody is gaining um, through the, the, um, the expansion of the medical examiner's office and yes, we are building a new building and we are borrowing money for that. Well, of course, you have to have, have the space uh, to do this additional work. So I would urge everybody um, to vote no on the amendment. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Rusk. Supervisor Baird. Just wanted to point out one quick thing to repeat um, what Supervisor Rusk just said. This amendment proposal was brought forward to PP&J. It failed unanimously 6-0. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Baird. Is there further discussion on Supervisor Dave Felice's motion? Supervisor Dave Felice. Thank you. Uh, to respond to the most recent comment, Again, I was at my committee meeting on the budget at the Alliance Center, and the PPNJ Committee, Public Protection Judiciary Committee, was meeting on the budget here at the county building, uh, city county building, so I was unable to make that, uh, but I appreciate you uh, letting the body know about that. The vote was 6 nothing, and this has been repeated over and over, and it's because I think it's a concern that hasn't been addressed and has, hasn't been noticed enough. Uh, you know, I, I take into account the, the comments of, of the supervisor who is the chair of the PPNJ committee uh, in that $30,000 uh, in uh, revenue on the books was made uh, in exchange for GPR, and that's just a guess about how much is going to make us. You know, I could have put down 100000 or 20000 I mean, it's not money that we have yet. We may get it. And to me, that's still beside the point. Uh, yes, as the chair said, I agree. The pathologists are hardworking. There's no question about that. I don't mean to demean them. I never have. I'm talking about how we're spending money, and that's our responsibility here. This is our most important job. For the next two years, when you get elected and you take office, the most important job is, is writing a budget. And we're doing that tonight, so I think it's important enough to bring up. And yes, we have been told there'd be an increase in costs. What we haven't been told by the medical examiner is that 
taking on these additional counties would cost us. In fact, he told us it wouldn't. So now we are taking on increased costs. And that's why we are repeating this over and over, because every time we do increase the cost, I get up and say something about it. And, you know, I'm glad there was a Wall Street Journal article on this subject, not on Dane County particularly. But what you did not see is an article on the expansion of the medical examiner in Dane County. There has been no coverage of that. There has been no mention of that. This is not an issue because it was never made an issue. It was just done. Okay. Yes, we approve expenditures for the new $13 million building. And yes, we have an expenditure now that I am uh, trying to get removed from the budget for about $200,000 in added positions. So as long as this continues, I'm going to continue because I think it's notable. And that's the reason I'm here with this amendment. I hope you support it. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor DePelice. Further discussion on the amendment? Supervisor Krause. Thank you, Chair Corrigan. I hadn't intended to speak on this, um, but when he said that um, there hasn't been enough discussion, I'm like, huh? I remember discussing it at length in PP&J many times. It's not as though it did not get appropriate attention. Um, the writer of the amendment might like to attend more PP&J meetings if this is such a big issue to him. Um, for guessing revenue, since revenue is based on how many people might die and how many of those people are going to need autopsies, the fact that it's not real predictable is not a surprise. Um, so I, I completely uh, agree with PPNJ Chair Rusk um, and ask people to vote this down. Thank you, Supervisor Krause. Further discussion on PPNJ Operating Amendment Number 7. Seeing none, all those in favor of the amendment say aye. Aye. Opposed say no. No. The, no the noes have it. <laughs> And um, Amendment Number Seven is defeated. Um, any further amendments on the medical examiner? Seeing none, on the district attorney. Any amendments on the district attorney? Seeing none, on the sheriff. Supervisor Willett. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, on personnel and finance. 0, 22 and 23. So they're public. They're the sheriff's department, but they aren't ones that came from PP and J. Um, the two of those do not say not presented. I wish that we could get that added. There's no committee action listed on those two in the packet. And since they didn't come to committee, I would really like it if the line up there could say not presented on those. And these are amendments that are in the sub. Yes, they're ones that are done by personnel and finance that the committee never saw. But they're missing that little note on it's just blank on committee action. Well, these these actual amendments aren't in what we're passing. The amendments are. They are in what we're passing. Well, but they're they're included. They're, the impact of them is included in the sub. But these amendments are there for reference as to what was put into the sub. But if we're putting it in as the sub, shouldn't it be correct? And since the committee action is wrong, as it's not there, shouldn't we correct it and make our records correct? I'm trying to find many, many other ones have it. There are quite a few that are not presented and gone through the committees, 
and these would be two of them. So this this wouldn't go into the minutes, what what the committee action was either way, but so it would just be up to the county board office to or, or office to make a correction, but it wouldn't go into the minutes of of this proceeding. Okay. We'll have it we'll have it corrected in the county board office. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Supervisor Willett. Further um, discussion on any amendments for the sheriff's office? Seeing none, the public safety communications. Supervisor Willett. Thank you, Madam Chair. I did not print copies of this because we all have it in their packet, known as PP&J 06. We wanted to look for that. And we, what's that? Yes, yes. So I would wish to add this back in again with one little minor change. Do I need a second on that? You do need a second. second. Motion made by Willa, seconded by Farrell. And PP&J 06, are you saying is in the packet? 06, well, it's in, not in what's approved, but what is not approved. So it's so on. Not, we don't have, no one has a copy of it then. Okay, it's attached to the agenda. So, okay. Go ahead. Okay. The one little minor change that we would need to do is what this was doing was taking the pre-hire position nine and funding communicator number 70. Pre-hire position number nine has been removed. So we would need to add the words in 2015 after it says position added by the county executive. In other words, what I'm doing is taking position eight as a quick abbreviation of that. And I can bring that up if it passes. You, I'll bring you, you the copy. Okay. So I've got it on mine. So now if I could speak to it. Yes. Let's restate it again. Yeah. Sure. That it would be adding two words to it under the motion. It would say, remove position authority for the 1.0 FTE communicator pre-hire position added by the county executive. And right there it would say, in 2015. Just adding two words right there. So what I'm doing with that is I'm taking away position number eight because somebody already took away position nine that I was trying to reuse as an explanation of what I'm doing. So the reason that I was doing this is twofold. And first of all, as someone, one of the supervisors just pointed out, this did go through committee. This passed in com com committee unanimously. PPJ, the committee that studies this, that looks at the overtime report, decided unanimously. That, that says something, and we should pay attention to that. It's not often we see a unanimous that gets overturned by personnel and finance. There were a couple of reasons that I wanted to do this. I believe that we have some issues in the 911 center. There are two that I see immediately. One is turnover. We lose about one person a month. We have all of last year. We have this year. This continues. We're looking at about a 20% number of people that leave. Why? And in that center, we deal with what we call mandatory overtime. So if you've worked your eight-hour shift and they don't have enough people, uh, the director can and will tell you that you need to continue there. I think that's one of the reasons that we lose people, and that concerns me greatly. I explained that to the committee, and I got the committee to go along with that. The other is overtime. So it says there's a statement down on the bottom there, and I repeatedly say, and, and yeah, my PP&J committee just shrugs because they've heard this from me enough times, the budget for the overtime in the 911 center is about 550000 It's actually a little bit less than that right now. In 2014, we overspent that over half a million dollars by $415,861. Now, that's an amount of money, almost a half a million dollars, that this 
this board and the personnel and finance committee should be paying attention to. They don't seem to, but it's a problem that we need to fix. 2013, the number was a little less than that. We have done better in 2015. With the pre-hire positions, they're better. Is it fixed? It's not fixed. So my idea, this position came from the study that we had done as a county board in 2008. I believe it was Matrix. We hired an independent that knew this. They came and said we needed 70 people. We decided in 2012 that we didn't because money was tight and we took the position away. That position should be there. We should fund that. We should put enough communicators in there. I believe that personnel, personal safety is our number one issue. So please consider putting it back. This way does put it back. It puts it in for half a year. It doesn't change the calculations. It doesn't deal with a levy limit. It makes a statement, if you vote for this, that you do care about personal the personnel in the 911 center. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Willits. Is there discussion on Supervisor Willits' motion? Supervisor, Supervisor Rusk. Um, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I think the key way to get at this problem is a kind of a change that just happened recently. Um, the director of 911 center is going to be doing personal. Um, exit interviews with everybody who um, leaves the 911 center. Uh, the number of people that uh, have been leaving is, is, is on the decline, but I think we can still do um, a better job of trying to figure out if there are um, additional internal changes that we can make either in the 911 center or maybe when we're doing the hiring. Um, what happens is I think a fair amount of time folks um, are really anxious um, to get into county government and they think that, well, gee, that 911 center and they get, they get hired and it is, it, you know, it's like the medical examiner. It is exceedingly stressful work, especially if you have a family and it doesn't work for a lot of people. So they're good people and they move on. And I think we need to get um, a better handle on that. And that's the, um, the best way, in my opinion, to um, continue the overtime problem going down. Thank you, Supervisor Rusk. Supervisor Baird. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, so uh, as uh, Supervisor Wheeler pointed out, this did pass uh, unanimously in committee. Uh, what passed unanimously in committee was to change pre-hires from eight, which is what was requested by uh, the head of the department and which is in effect now and successful. I appreciate um, Supervisor Willis' point that perhaps is not successful enough yet, but successful and just began. We have not seen the results of what eight pre-hire op opportunities exist. And could the county executive change the eight to nine pre-hires? There was no department request for nine pre-hires. So the idea of using the ninth pre-hire for something else to support Supervisor Willis' idea, I voted for it, the committee voted for it unanimously. Um, I can only speak for myself, but that is very different 
from taking away the eight pre-hires that we had all agreed in committee over the course of last year's budget. This is last year's conversation. This is the current budget that we're, the current year that we're dealing with. Eight pre-hires is working in the public safety uh, communications department. Nine is not necessary. And so I believe, I know with my vote and the conversation we had, is that we were flexible with the ninth free hire to try and, uh, try and do some different things. But personnel and finance came up with another idea of what to do with it. And the convert, this isn't interchangeable. The proposal now before us is to uh, eliminate from eight to seven. That is not what is requested from the department head. That is not what we should approve tonight. Um, I will be voting no. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Baird. Further discussion on Supervisor Willett's motion. Supervisor Willett. Thank you. First of all, let me respond to that. We had those eight pre-hires all year. So yes, it's better. They were there. Okay, how'd they do? Did we use them? And the answer to that is, well, yes, we did, if you ask. However, we used five of those pre-hires in the class that started in the beginning of October, and we had five open positions then. The pre-hires weren't there. We wouldn't have needed them. We didn't use them. Yes, we used them. We shifted the beans a little bit to make that work, but the positions were not all full. That position is just sitting there. Um, number of hours. What are we going to do with it? If you look at the payment or the, the hours spent, we get a whole breakdown of what the overtime hours is. And if you look during this year and you use the reasons of short staff, which is a wonderful one, that tells us a lot, and vacation, the pay period with the least number there, through all the year is 108. We're talking about 80 hours. The pay period with the most was 650-some. So there's plenty of hours that this position would fill. Now, this isn't my idea to come up with this position. This, again, is the study that was done in 2008 by an independent contractor. It's great to do exit interviews, and we really need to figure out why these people are leaving. That's a wonderful touch. But we have an issue with overtime right now, and this gives us a way to fix it right now, not waiting another year to listen to me again. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Willett. Further discussion? Seeing none, a roll call has been requested. Pan. No. Pan, no. Pirtle. No. Pirtle, no. Richmond. No. Richmond, no. Rip. Aye. Rip, I. Rit. No. Rit, no. Rusk. No. Rusk, no. Saloff. Aye. Saloff, I. Shower. Shower, I. Schmidt. No. Schmidt, no. Solberg. Solberg, absent. Stubbs. No. Stubbs, no. Veldron. No. Veldron, no. Wegleitner. Wegleitner, no, no, Willett, yes. Willett, I, Zweifel, no. Zweifel, no, Baird, no. Baird, no, Bollig, no. Bollig, no, Chenoweth, no. Chenoweth, no, Clausius, Clausius, I, De Felice, De Felice, I, Downing, Aye. Downing, I, Die, Die, I, Erickson, no. Erickson, no, Farrell, Farrell, I, Gillis, Aye. Gillis, I, Hendrick, no. Hendrick, no, Jones, Jones no Kiefer. Aye. Kiefer I Kolar. No. Kolar no Krause. No. Krause no Levin. No. Levin no Matano. No. Matano no McCarbel. Aye. McCarbel I Miles. No. Miles no Nelson. No. Nelson no O'Laughlin. O'Laughlin I Corrigan. No. Corrigan no. The vote is 13 ayes, 23 noes. The um, motion on this amendment fails. 
Are there further amendments on public safety communications? Seeing none, emergency management. Supervisor Saloff. Thank you, Madam Chair. I offer in, um, I hope I got the nomenclature right, PNF 21. It is a, um, and if I could have a second, this is an amendment to fund the typist clerk. So, motion by Saloff, seconded by Willett. Thank you. So this, uh, this is an amendment to fund a um, position of clerk typist in the emergency management department. This clerk typist was defunded in 2011, and um, it's been a struggle since then to to fund it. It was um, it's been it's been filled by a limited term employee, which the budget is currently 11,000 and some change. And progressively, if you look at the last two three years, um, that that position will probably cost this year around 22, 23,000 um, dollars. So there, the work. The work was detailed by the department for me. It, uh, I think I shared it with many of you. I'm, I apologize if I didn't share it with all of you. But it's a five-page listing of duties that this person does. And just briefly, some of the things that are critical, critical tasks that this person does is that they, um, now mind you, they don't write or author, but they make sure the items that I'm enumerating get printed, distributed, logged, and so forth. One of them is the protocol book that the county, all the 1,200 EMTs in Dane County use as their instructions for providing emergency medical care. It's very detailed. Of course, um, it's signed off by the medical director, which, as you know, because you contract with UW Foundation for that medical control, and they, um, they assist and, and author the, the elements of this, this manual, which is a critical piece, and that's undergoing redrafting right now, which is taking an incredible amount of time from the emergency management department. Another item that they do is that they, they publish and they distribute the annual certification for all 1,200 members of the, this regional system. Uh, that we have and of course those have to be sent in after they're signed off by the training officers and the medical directors and they have to be tabulated and filed and logged and so forth and that's in conformance with DHS requirements for licensure that each district each of the 22 districts have um, I have a big pile of stuff that I could enumerate but what I want to impress upon you is that we have and it's been mentioned several times in with other with other areas that we're responsible for is we have a regional medical emergency medical system here. It's Dane County, of course. Some of the districts reach out into Jefferson and Sauk and Green uh, with their districts, but this regional system makes sure that every one of our constituents know when they dial 911, they're going to get treatment that's according to our protocols. One of, one of the few counties that has one set of protocols they are going to know that they're going. if the ambulance in their district is busy, which happens, that they will automatically have a mutual aid system kick in, which is dispatched by our 911 center. And all those EMTs that will come from other districts, they're following the same protocols and the same certifications. And all this work is tabulated at the front of the front office by the clerk typist that I'm trying to get refunded. Um, I apologize to you, Madam Chair, for not having gone to PP&J. 
I thought that this was taken care of. My mistake, I thought this was going to be put in the executive's budget. Uh, we, uh, we, the um, Dane County EMS Commission, has discussed this over the last two years. We were insistent that it get into the budget. It didn't. And my apology as the chair of that commission to not have done that work. Having thought it was in the budget, I missed my opportunity to come in front of PP&J and present this amendment. Um, what you see in front of you, if you're looking at the amendment, I'm requesting that it be funded from July 1st to the end of the year, and I'm taking out half of the limited term employee dollars to, to help fund it so that it's come down to $27,000 and some change that would be funded from July. The staff feel that they can they can struggle on until June 30th with the current setup, uh, but it's difficult. What you have happening in that department is that the professional staff are doing this work because it must be done. It can't be left undone. So uh, with that, I, I, I hope that um, you'll, you'll uh, weigh in on it for a few moments here and, um, and, and vote for it. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Salov. Supervisor Rusk. Thank you, Madam Chair. There's nothing more important than emergency um, services. This board, um, I guess primarily uh, myself and Supervisor Baird a number of years ago made sure that this, even though it's a smaller department, it did not get merged in with anybody else. We've kept our eye on them um, to make sure that the professional staff there is, um, is in place. Um, unfortunately, we don't have um, an offset for what Supervisor um, Saloff is trying to do, and it's difficult to talk about personnel issues on the floor of the county board, um, but when we have um, uh, family medical leave types of situations in county government, especially when the department is smaller, it, it makes a real challenge to get the work done. And um, I'm confident that because the Department of Administration and the uh, uh, County Executive Office has been um, keeping an eye on this, that, that it, you know, we are using LTE um, as best we can, and I think that's um, the way it's going to have to be uh, uh, for right now. So anyway, thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Rusk. Further discussion on Supervisor Saloff's motion? Supervisor Saloff. Madam Chair, I would, um, I would ask the, the chair yourself, I would ask the um, PP&J committee chair, I would ask the county executive to please assist uh, me and getting these funds through the next year in 2016. I unfortunately don't have a um, balancing act to provide you with money from somewhere and so consequently I will withdraw this motion and ask that, um, that in the uncoming months that if there is availability of some funds that this could be funded a mid-year. Uh, just a footnote on the LTE. The LTE position, as you know, is 1,040 hours or 1,080 hours, and it takes about two to three months to train somebody. By the time they're trained, uh, they're, getting, they're preparing for their exit interview. 
and so it's been very difficult to get somebody up to speed and, and, and providing the service and fulfilling all the tasks that they need to be done. We have lost this year, this last year, two, maybe more, excellent LTEs that would have been perfect for this position and would have lent a lot to the department, but we were unable to keep them because of the limitation on the number of hours. We need to stop that cycle. And so uh, I withdraw the motion, if the second will also, and, uh, and hope that, um, that the, the county can step up in the next few months and help fund this position. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Sayloff. Further um, amendments offered with for emergency management? Juvenile court, any amendments? Seeing none, um, we'll move on to environment, agriculture, and natural resources oversight. First is land and water resources. Are there any amendments? Are there any amendments on extension? Seeing none, we'll move on to zoning and land regulation committee oversight. For the register of deeds, are there any amendments? For planning and development. None. We'll move on to Personnel and Finance Committee Oversight. For the Board of Health, for the County Treasurer, for the Department of Administration, for the Library, for Land Information, for Debt Service, Miscellaneous appropriations for the Greater Madison Convention and Visitors Bureau, the Personal Savings Initiative, Personnel Savings Initiative, I should say, for the Dane County Historical Society, for General County. And lastly, we'll um, do the executive committee oversight for the county board office, for the county executive, and for the county clerk. So those are all the amendments that will be offered on res resolution 254. On resolution 254, the Dane County Operating Budget Appropriations Resolution for 2016. Is there discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. aye. Roll call has been requested. Yes, and I should say the um, Resolution 254 as amended. Clerk will call the roll. Sub 1 as amended. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Pan, Pan I, Pertle, Pertle I, Richmond, Richmond I, Rip, Rip No, Rit, Rit I, Rusk, Rusk I, Saloff, Saloff I, Shower, Shower I, Schmidt, Schmidt I, Solberg, Solberg absent, Stubbs, Stubbs I, Veldrin, Veldrin I, Wegleitner, Wegleitner I, Willet, Willet No, Zweifel, Zweifel I, Baird, Baird I, Bollig. Bali Guy Chenoweth, Chenoweth I Clausius, Clausius I De Felice, De Felice I Downing, 
Downing, I die. Die, I Erickson. Erickson, I Farrell. Farrell, no Gillis. Gillis, I Hendrick. Hendrick, I Jones. Jones, I Kiefer. Kiefer, I Kolar. Kolar, I Krause. Krause, I Levin. Levin, I Matano. Matano, I McCarble. McCarble, I Miles. Miles, I Nelson. Nelson, I O'Laughlin. O'Laughlin, I Corgan. Aye. Corgan, aye. The vote is 33 ayes, 3 noes, and um, resolution 254, as amended, is approved. We are now on to the capital budget resolution, resolution 255, the 2016 Dane County Capital Budget Appropriations Resolution. What's before us is sub one, and again, the sub is um, contained in one um, item that's attached, and then the capital amendments that were considered and approved by the Personnel and Finance Committee are also attached. Once again, we'll go through each department, and we will um, see if there are any amendments that any supervisors wish to offer. Beginning with Health and Human Needs Committee Oversight, the Department of Human Services, are there any amendments? Veterans Service Office. Next is Public Works and Transportation Committee Oversight. Public Works, Highway and Transportation. Solid Waste. Facilities Management Administration, the Alliant Energy Center, the airport, Henry Vilas Zoo. Now on to Public Protection and Judiciary Committee oversight for the Corporation Council. For the Clerk of the Courts, Criminal Justice Law Clerks, Family Court Services, the Medical Examiner, the District Attorney, the Sheriff, Public Safety Communications, Emergency Management, In juvenile court. Now on to environment, agriculture, and natural resources oversight for land and water resources. For extension. For zoning and land regulation committee oversight. For the register of deeds. For planning and development. Now for Personnel and Finance Committee Oversight, for the Board of Health, for the County Treasurer, the Department of Administration, the Library, Land Information, Debt Service, Miscellaneous Appropriations, for the Greater Madison and Convention and Visitors Bureau, Personnel Savings Initiative, Dane County Historical Society, General County, 
for the Executive Committee Oversight, for the County Board Office, for the County Executive, and for the County Clerk. No amendments have been offered on the 2016 Dane County Capital Budget Appropriations Resolution. What's before us is Sub 1. Is there discussion? Supervisor Hendrick. Thank you, Madam Chair. I wanted to take this moment to speak in favor of one of the amendments that did pass and uh, start by thanking uh, the sheriff and the sheriff's office uh, for working with our uh, representatives from the county board to uh, delete the funding for the jail laundry. I want to recognize the sheriff's office because uh, we asked them to do a hard job and we asked them to cooperate with us on the budget and uh, it's not their fault when something proposed in the, in the sheriff's office budget does not get adopted. In this case the jail laundry is being deleted and rightfully so uh, but I want to recognize the sheriff for the recommendation uh, and this was actually quoted in the operating budget, but if I could just read it. Adopt the sheriff's recommendation to partner with the county board in a community engagement process to identify approaches to inmate job training and employment-related services with the goal of reducing recidivism. We certainly agree that job training and employment readiness is a goal for the inmates because anyone who's in our county jail is going to be coming back to our community and job training and employment readiness is a, a big goal of ours. I don't think a jail laundry serves that goal, and so I'm, I'm happy that we're deleting the funding for that. I think it was an embarrassment for Dane County to be proposing to eliminate living wage jobs in the community. Happened to be a unionized employer. Uh, it so happened that most of the employees were uh, Latino and Latina workers who are benefiting from those living wage unionized jobs and then to take those jobs and put them into our jail where uh, inmates would be working and would be essentially unpaid and about half of those inmates are people of color. It was, it was a very embarrassing uh, proposal which I think it's wise that we're backing off on, that we're canceling, that we're deleting the money from the budget for the jail laundry. I do want to address one point that was brought up, and I think it's a, it's a serious question. I, I happen to disagree with the people who said that people who work in the jail are benefiting and that they are voluntary. There may be a certain benefit from doing uh, work in, unpaid work in the jail. There may be a certain benefit, but can we say in reality that it's voluntary? I was reading a book this month about Abraham Lincoln and it was talking about the policies in Illinois and Supervisor Kiefer will always remind us that the Northwest Ordinance of 1787 prohibited slavery in Wisconsin and in Illinois and indeed slavery was prohibited in uh, Abraham Lincoln's uh, childhood in Illinois but when someone brought a slave into Illinois they would have them sign a document which was called a voluntary indenture and they would enter into voluntary, quote, voluntary indentured servitude. So then they could be legally brought into Illinois. They could be held for unpaid labor. And in fact, they could be sold in Illinois. 
but it was a euphemism for slavery. It was called voluntary indentured servitude. So I think we want to be careful that we don't, uh, that maybe split hairs. People that are in the jail, they're, they're not free to leave. They're not free to get a different job that has better pay. Uh, it's not something that we should expand on. It's something that if it's proposed again or if something similar is proposed again, I think indeed, again, would be an embarrassment to Dane County. So uh, I want to thank the sheriff and the sheriff's office for finding a solution to this. I want to end by thanking uh, Supervisor Pirtle and Supervisor Rusk and Chair Corrigan, who sponsored the amendment to restore the funding for the laundry contract. And I want to thank my fellow members on personal and finance and on this board for deleting all the funding for the jail laundry. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Hendricks. Supervisor Farrell. Yes, thank you, Madam Chair. Eight, uh, eight budgets. This is number eight here. Every year our debt goes up and up and up. $40,465,000 in principal we're going to pay off in 2016. Just over $9 million in interest. So we're looking at about $49.5 million in payments coming right out of our taxpayer dollars, right out of their pockets. Doesn't count on the levy limit, so I've been told many times by people on this body, it's free money. Doesn't count against our levy limit, so let's borrow some more. $135,373.56 a day. Every day next year, including February 29th. Gets worse. 2017, we don't borrow a penny next year. We're already $131,000. And if any of you believe we're not going to borrow a penny next year, I've got a bridge to sell you. You're probably looking at $150,000 next year for the 2017. 2018 gets even worse. Probably looking at $160,000 to $170,000 in payments per day. We front load our debt. We pay a lot of it off in three years, and the money's going to come out of our taxpayers' pockets in the next three years. It's a shame that we have to borrow so much money. This year the borrowing is actually down what's been proposed. That's a good thing. But we have so much carry forward that we all know that we're going to borrow a whole lot more money than what's in the budget this year. So it's a shame that we have to borrow so much. We were told in all those poor economic years, 08 and 09 and 10 and 11, that, okay, we've got to borrow because we have to, to kind of keep the economy afloat in Dane County. Now all of a sudden we've got a good year and we still keep borrowing. So when does it end? And just like at the building down the street, it never ends. And the building out in Washington, D.C., it never ends. We get further and further in debt and we're stealing from our children and our grandchildren and it needs to stop. Thank you, Supervisor Farrell. Supervisor Pirtle. I always appreciate Supervisor Farrell's uh, reminder of our debt load uh, when we have these budget conversations. I would like to offer a slightly different take on that important point, which is I think it's important for us to recognize that as we make these decisions, that we exercise a great deal of financial restraint and responsibility, especially when we execute the capital budget. We only borrow for projects when we need them. This budget approves projects but doesn't bond for them. We take a whole separate vote and process on that. And these investments pay dividends in the future. The investments in the smart fund that are returning energy efficiencies, they're reducing our operating costs, they're reducing the phosphor front off in the lake, they're reducing and collaborating on transit issues. These investments generate significant value in our communities. 
And I think we all worry about the debt load. I'm not saying that's not an important issue, but as a government, we run a relatively low debt load compared to other levels of government. We are a small share of the property tax levy, and I think we've been good stewards. And so why I, import, I uh, appreciate the reminder, uh, I will vote for it in clean conscience. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Pirtle. Further discussion on Resolution 255? Supervisor Dave Felice. Thank you, Madam Chairman. I would just like to make clear that uh, we're going to spend a half billion dollars tonight, and uh, every budget that I voted on the past 10 years has been higher than the other, the previous budget. And, you know, it's kind of uncomfortable when you are of one particular party, which I am, because we're nonpartisan here, to talk about spending cuts. You know, they look at you kind of strangely, and I'm kind of suspect because I don't like to spend money. Uh, and I, I talk about it in a number of different areas, including the one that came up tonight. But I, I think you have to, to think about the budget as a moral document because it, it places our priorities, as has been said, in a certain order. But I think you ought to keep in mind the importance of our professed concern about the working man and woman. Because if there's one place where we take money out of their pockets without question, and with the force of law, it's through taxes. And we are taking more money this year out of their pockets. And I don't... I'm not saying it's all unnecessary. It is absolutely necessary. We have public safety over the courts. We have you know, human services. You know, I believe in all that. I voted for the budget, but the operating budget. I'm going to vote for the capital. But I still think it's important that, that you keep in mind that this money is coming from someplace, okay? And that each committee meeting I go to and each board meeting that I go to, we're kind of like that old uh, Xerox machine where you just keep rolling the drum and the spending just keeps on going and going, and it's, it gets pretty monotonous. And it's also uh, kind of irritating because it goes unquestioned by and large, both great and small. Yes, we have our debates, and uh, they focus on important issues, but for some reason spending is never one of those. Now, the county executive delivered this budget to the county board, and the, the process is that we divide up the budget and send it to each committee according to its oversight, and then we change things as we see fit. And uh, I think it's fair to say, you know, if, with all the changes, all the amendments, there were some that did reduce spending. But by and large, this budget came out from the county executive with $500,000 to go to spare under the levy cap. In other words, if we wanted, we could add $500,000 in spending to this budget. And we did. We are right under the levy cap. So, as we're all going to vote yes, I'm sure, tonight, I think it's appropriate to keep in mind that if you, any of you, even people watching this, care about the working man and woman, and you're voting for people into public office, that you ask them, what do you think about spending? Because that money is for real. 
and it's coming right out of their pockets. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Dave Felice. Further discussion on Resolution 255? Seeing none, a roll call has been requested. Pan. Pan I Pertle. Pertle I Richmond. Richmond I Rip. Rip I Rit. Rit I Rusk. Rusk I Saloff. Saloff I Shower. Shower I Schmidt. Schmidt I Solberg. Solberg Absent. Stubbs. Stubbs I Veldrin. Veldrin I Wegleitner. Wegleitner I Willet. Willet No Zweefel. Zweefel I Baird. Baird I Bollig. Bollig I Chenoweth. Chenoweth I Clausius. Clausius I De Felice. De Felice I Downing. Downing I Die. Die I Erickson. Erickson I Farrell. Farrell No. Gillis. Gillis I Hendrick. Hendrick I Jones. Jones I Kiefer. Kiefer I Kolar. Kolar I Krause. Krause I Levin. Levin I Matano. Matano I McCarvel. McCarvel I Miles. Miles I Nelson. Nelson I O'Laughlin. O'Laughlin I Corrigan. Aye. Corrigan I. That is 34 ayes, two noes, and um, resolution 255 is approved. We are now on to ordinance amendments creating or changing fees. Ordinance Amendment 17, amending Chapter 62 of the Dane County Code of Ordinances regarding fee schedule change for guardianship and protective placement actions. What's before us is the Public Protection and Judiciary Committee recommendation to approve Ordinance Amendment 17. Is there discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and Ordinance Amendment 17 is approved. Ordinance Amendment 21, amending Chapters 2 and 67 of the Dane County Code of Ordinances regarding Dane County Regional Airport Regulations. What's before us is the Public Works and Transportation Committee's recommendation for approval. Is there a discussion on Ordinance Amendment 21? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and Ordinance Amendment 21 is approved. Ordinance Amendment 27, amending Chapter 12 of the Dane County Code of Ordinances regarding zoning fees. What's before us is the Zoning and Land Regulation Committee's recommendation to approve. Is there discussion on Ordinance Amendment 27? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and Ordinance Amendment 27 is approved. Uh, we are now on to the resolution setting the tax levy, resolution 256, setting the tax levy. What's before us is the Personnel and Finance Committee's recommendation to approve sub one. So sub one is before us. Is there discussion on resolution 256? Supervisor Pirtle. Thank you, Madam Chair. As we go to set the levy and reflect on the entirety of the budget, I think that there is a lot of work to be proud of in this particular budget. You know, it has the first significant investment in our workforce in four or more years. It provides a admittedly modest but important COLA for our service providers. We increased funding for homeless services and affordable housing, implemented many of the recommendations from our racial equity work and criminal justice reform. We continue our investments in the smart fund and in energy efficiency and look to create transit opportunities to partner with other units of government and nonprofit organizations to try and move us towards a 21st century transit system. And I think these things are important. And I think in voting for this budget, many of you do too. I think the people who vote for us, I think our partners in government think they're important. I think our community thinks they're important. 
We also heard a little bit about our challenges tonight. There were a lot of folks that raised questions about things that we couldn't invest in or didn't have time to invest in or didn't have the resources to invest in. in you know, Dane County is a growing county, and that is a blessing for us. We are a center of economic growth. A lot of the private sector job creation happening in Wisconsin is happening here. But we're also a county in a state that struggles with significant and historic racial disparities. We are a community that is graying and getting older, and will have more and greater demands in the services that we provide in the future. And, you know, we are the one of the smallest shares of the tax levy and we have some structural challenges from our partners in the state and the federal government. You know, we have a revenue limit system that is broken. It is designed to fail. It guarantees that the revenue limit does not keep pace with our cost to continue every year. Our partners in the federal government cannot pass a budget. They can barely pass a continuing resolution to limp along from year to year. And the state legislature can't agree on how they're going to fund transportation in the future. And they have more than enough votes to figure it out. Those problems trickle down and they sit and they rest with us. How do we meet our challenges in transportation in the future? We heard about additional needs on snow plows, improving roads and infrastructure. At $1.6 million of additional amendments approved by committees in this body, many of which that didn't get invested in because we didn't have the resources to do it. And that didn't even get into our need to do a meaningful and significant cost of living adjustment for our service providers moving forward. Those become our responsibilities. And just like we take responsibility here tonight for a budget that I think is strong, rooted in our values, and meets our needs, we've got to be careful that lean government doesn't become starving government. We have responsibilities that we need to meet moving forward. And I'm confident this board will look at ways to meet those challenges in the future. Today, we meet the greatest challenges that are in front of us. Our service providers, homelessness, affordable housing, our workforce, those investments we can be proud of. I think we're doing good work here tonight. But this, this is just the beginning. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Pirtle. Supervisor Farrell. Yes, thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, I know we have the numbers in front of us on this Res 256 sub 1, but if the... <laughs> Uh, Mr. Hicklin could read for the people watching at home what our levy limit or what our levy rate is and all that so it's in the record and everyone in this room actually hears some real numbers. don't know that you've all... So the, the tax levy rate is $3.15 per thousand. Uh, total property taxes $161,701,894. Uh, and that is at the within a few thousand dollars or a few is that right at the levy limit or it's that is right at the levy right limit. limit. Okay. And then before and thank you, Mr. Griffin and Madam Chair, if I may just briefly continue. Uh, before the rest of the people in this body stand up and break their arm, patting themselves on the back, how wonderful we are. Trust me, you don't want to do that. It doesn't feel good. Uh, and I didn't do it patting myself on the back. So. <laughs> this budget does have a lot of good things in it. Uh, what scares me is the previous speaker saying, oh, we're just getting started. And I wish the taxpayers in Dane County would remember and the voters in Dane County would remember that uh, maybe you want to hang on to your wallets a little bit tighter. Uh, I live in the city of Madison. The taxes are going up much more than the county share is. And the school board 
where he's raising my taxes quite a bit more, and MATC, or I'm sorry, Madison College is raising the taxes, always seems to go up. Maybe it's time this county take the lead and at least let's stay even for a year. I'm not asking to go down. Let's just stay even. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Farrell. Supervisor Keeper. I agree there are a lot of things to be proud of in this budget, but I'm here to talk about something that I think needs to be fixed in the budget and fixed with the veto pen of the county executive, and that is the $43,000 line item for dues to the Wisconsin Counties Association, which I'm asking that the county executive veto from the budget. We talk a lot about Dane County values in this room, and Wisconsin Counties Association does not reflect Dane County's values. Three examples of why and why the dues should be vetoed by the executive. First, issue that's very important to me, that of 17-year-olds in adult criminal court. As people here know, I actually represent, um, in addition to adults, 17-year-olds in criminal court, and I feel strongly that 17-year-olds should not be in criminal court. Actually, a lot of people in the legislature feel the same way, including a number of Republicans, including a Republican state senator who's leading the charge to get 17-year-olds out of adult criminal court and back in a juvenile court where they belong. And the only organization that has registered in opposition to this bipartisan legislation is Wisconsin Counties Association, directly going against our expressed will um, as a county, uh, including in our legislative agenda, supporting this change. The Counties Association is against it. That's one example. Second example, Enbridge. I'm not going to go through the whole story of the tar sands pipeline and how we were overruled by the state budget. Um, mentioned just in passing, this was probably the first time in history that the New York Times actually covered a um, county committee hearing. Uh, the zoning committee uh, actually was mentioned in the New York Times, which I think is a first that we got that national attention. What happened after the pipeline was pushed through in the budget? The Wisconsin Counties Association held a breakfast at their convention honoring Enbridge. So completely ignoring what it is Dane County wanted to do and instead honoring them with a special breakfast in their honor. Third example, perhaps most shocking, was WCA's support for legislation allowing guns in our schools. Again, completely against our values. I know that um, if this is veto and it comes back for a, a session to consider the veto, the argument would be made about having a seat at the table. That we need to have a seat at the table so we can supposedly change WCA's policies. And I submit that that seat at the table hasn't worked. And it's time to admit that our seat at the table has done nothing to change WCA's policies. And it's time for us to walk away from the table because we've not succeeded in making any change to their decisions that are against our values. And I will acknowledge that leaving WCA is going to be a sacrifice. There are people in this body that like to go to the convention that they have. Um, that won't be happening, at least won't be happening with county tax dollars. I don't know if people can attend as individuals or not, but the county won't be paying for it. People who are on WCA committees, they're not going to be able to do it. It'd be a sacrifice, I totally agree. 
But if we're serious about our values, if we're serious about reducing racial disparities, which, by the way, starts oftentimes when someone's a 17-year-old and they get caught up in the adult system, they get branded with this adult criminal record, felony record sometimes, that follows them around for the rest of their life, we need to actually take action about it and um, not just have it be talk, but have it be action. And that action should be a veto by the county executive, and I stand here tonight to say, I first of all applaud him for taking it out of the budget in the first place. The budget that he submitted to this body did not include the county's association dues. And he's spoken out forcefully, and I um, am totally in support of what he's done on this. But unfortunately, through the committee process, it got put back in, and I think that mistake should be corrected, and the veto pen should come out, and that $43,000 should be stricken from the budget. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Kiefer. Supervisor Dye. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, I think a lot of you have heard me talk at length about the COLA, and I'm not going to do that again today, but I did want to rise and thank all of you for your support, um, not for me, but for the agencies and the people that they serve who have contacted me so many times over the course of the past year. Um, and even though it's small, it's going to make a real difference. Um, and it's something that we haven't done in a while. So thank you so much for your support for that tonight. Um, and thanks for all your work on the budget. Thank you, Supervisor Dye. Supervisor Hendrick. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, I'm speaking in favor of the levy. Uh, and I think similar to last year, my only objection is that it's not high enough. I think people in Dane County are willing to pay taxes, are willing to compensate the people that plow our snow, the public safety employees at the 911 center in emergency medical services, uh, the employees that provide child protective services. Uh, something I'm familiar with from my day job is the elder abuse investigations. And one of the biggest functions of county government that affects so many people is the care that's provided for the elderly and persons with disabilities so that they can stay in their homes. And I think taxpayers are willing to pay for that. Uh, Supervisor Pirtle mentioned earlier one of the challenges that we have is imposed on us by the state government. They have given us a levy cap. And what we need to do next year is to levy more than the levy cap. And I hope supervisors will join with me to take the necessary steps to ask the taxpayers, to ask them to vote in a referendum to raise the levy cap. And I want to give three examples of what we do with that. Uh, Supervisor Dye mentioned there's a, there's a COLA in this budget, which is a good thing. If we raise the levy cap, we could have a 3% COLA for POS agencies. They have had no increases for many years, and I know they're grateful for 7 tenths of 1%, but that should be a 3% COLA next year. We should have a $1 per hour raise for every county employee. We can't afford to do that this year, uh, thanks to the county executive and, and to our committees to give an increase to our county employees for the first time in a long time. But it should be another dollar per hour next year. And finally, those POS workers that provide the actual services, the people that actually work with the elderly, providing the most personal care in their homes, persons with disabilities, who would not be able to live in their homes or get out into the community without help should be getting a $15 living wage. In order for them to get that wage, we cannot afford to pay it under the levy cap, and we need to raise the levy cap. 
So I'm proud of what we've done in this budget, and many other speakers have mentioned I'm in favor of the things we've done in this budget, and I do not in any way diminish them. But next year we need to have a higher levy. I will vote in favor of this levy for this year, but we need a higher levy next year. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Hendrick. Supervisor O'Loughlin. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, I'd like to speak a little bit about uh, what the, one of the previous supervisors discussed as far as the Wisconsin Counties Association. I think uh, I'd like to add a disclaimer before I get into my words and that I am the National Association of Counties Director for the State of Wisconsin and I am on the WCA board and a past president of Wisconsin Counties Association. First of all, on the issue of 17-year-olders coming back to county jail. What the supervisor said was not correct. Wisconsin Counties Association supports that legislation, totally supports that legislation. But it's saying we need the revenue to come with that. WCA represents 72 counties, and we are just trying to help the counties maintain their levy cap by asking the state to provide funding for that when they do bring 17-year-olders back. Most recently, there has been discussions, and from what I've heard as recently as a month, couple of weeks to a month ago, is that we're somewhere between 80% and 100% of uh, funding that. So WCA has been working for the counties so that they don't go further in debt on this issue. The second issue on Enbridge. Enbridge, like any other major corporation, are affiliate members of WCA. We in Dane County have not had our dues raised by WCA for this will be the 13th year. Why? Well, because we have been able to bring into our fold corporate memberships who will help support us when we have either regional or if we have annual meetings. As far as Enbridge supporting a breakfast, as you all know, when you have a conference like that, you put that agenda out six months ahead of time and you ask your corporate sponsors to help you cover the expense of this particular meeting. So this wasn't a quid pro quo, which is what I almost feel as though was expressed. The third issue, guns in school. WCA supports a law enforcement officer who has a weapon to be in a school. I think we all do that. So to make a blatant statement of having guns in school is just not a fair assessment. Um, so as individuals here, we have certain benefits received from WCA, whether it be, I think, a very good informational magazine that you receive on, uh, I think it's every two months. 
Uh, you can go to the website. They have webinars that you can receive. And this is all in an environment where the dues that we pay have not have the services have been increased and the dues have not been increased in 12 years. So if this comes back to us in the form of a veto, which I hope it won't, uh, that we would look at this and we would figure its value. Because if you're not in the game, you're not in the game. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor O'Loughlin. Supervisor Wegleitner. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, and I um, want to address um, a few different points about the budget. I think that um, first I want to thank you for your leadership and for the improvements to the process that were made in the um, committee process this year. I think it was very um, helpful to have <coughs> amendments posted and prepared 24 hours in advance of all of the um, public hearings on the budget. I know there were a few exceptions made later on in the process, but I think that um, that was something to build upon and something we can hopefully incorporate into um, our county board rules in the future. Um, there's still a lot of work to do, I think, on process. I think that, you know, we're looking at when it comes to us um, when the budget is presented to us what we see is the changes that the executive has made and sometimes those changes are listed as six programs lumped together for $300,000 worth of changes and we have to follow up and ask them to break that down for us um, and essentially you know we're talking about $500,000 and we spend a lot of time and emotional energy and um, do a lot of homework to figure out how best to prioritize that $500,000, but that's, you know, one-tenth of one percent of the operating budget. That's a tiny amount of um, impact when you look at all of the budget and how it, it plays out um, for Dane County residents. I'd like to see us make the whole budget easier um, to digest, easier to understand, more accessible and transparent for my constituents, for Dane County residents who want to inform our priorities, inform our budget process, um, because um, as we were reminded, I mean, these are um, tax dollars. This is um, a responsibility that we have, and I think we can do better to understand um, what our priorities are by looking at the budget as a whole and not just the small amount that's left before we hit the levy. We have a serious issue, many serious issues facing us. Um, uh, climate change, I'm happy that the uh, amendment to include funding for uh, climate action plan is in the budget. Um, racial disparities, we are one of the worst counties in the worst state, or we are the worst county in the worst state um, in the country when it comes to the uh, uh, racial disparities in incarceration, when it comes to well-being of African-American kids. And so I think we really do have an important responsibility to look at what we're doing and how we impact those disparities, what we're doing to mitigate, prevent, address those disparities within our local budget. It was mentioned by Supervisor Pirtle that, you know, there's a lot of challenges at the federal level, at the state level. We can really only control what we can control here at the local level. Um, but how we direct, how we're using our Medicaid funding, where we do have flexibility, what we want to target in terms of solving problems, I think um, could be more clear to us if we had, if it was easier to understand the budget as a whole, all of it, all of, especially on the operating side. Um, 
So those are improvements I hope we can make in the future, and I hope that our new Office of Equity and Inclusion um, can help us in that effort, because I think if we're serious about equity and inclusion, we need budgets that are transparent. We need um, folks to be on able to understand what we're doing and how they can impact our budget decisions and our policy decisions. Um, so there are certainly good things that we got in with that $500,000 in the operating budget. I'm very happy that um, the capital budget included um, uh, an additional $2 million for affordable housing. I don't think that's enough, um, and I'll continue to try to increase our commitment in the years to come. Um, but we should be honest that there were cuts in this budget, um, and there are cuts that disproportionately fall on uh, low-income people, uh, people of color, women, and children. And I'm talking about the cuts to the Tenant Resource Center, cuts that, um, you know, I believe, I hope were unintended cuts, but they are serious cuts. And I think it's unfortunate that that is part of this budget, and it makes me feel, um, you know, very bittersweet about this budget. And I hope we are still committed to tenant services, and I hope we can find a fix to address this because um, the folks um, I work with every day, they don't have a lot of other options. And I don't think it's fair for this board who is majority white, majority male, majority homeowning, um, to cut services to uh, vulnerable people who really need that access to that really important information because they can't um, hire attorneys, they can't afford to have um, their legal rights um, enforced with representation. So services like TRC are very important. That is also very true for the Human Services Ombudsman position that was cut out by the county executive in this budget. Um, I know that the mental health broker um, position that was created with some of that money will um, deal with some of the problems as it relates to the mental health system. But the Human Services Ombudsman position applied to all human services divisions and departments, and um, that this new mental health broker position will not. That's limited to mental health issues. So those are really two important things that I think we need to think about as we move forward with our racial equity and social justice initiatives, and hopefully um, by next year's budget we'll have a tool developed that will help us flag some of these issues earlier in the process that will understand the full impact of these decisions and how um, RFPs work to um, if they're working well or not, or if they work to exclude um, certain agencies or not. So I would, um, the last, or a couple more points, and, and one is that um, we continue to return a, a large surplus from Human Services Department um, to the general fund every year in surplus. And we keep saying we've we got to think about that, we've got to do something about it, and we still don't have enough money to make sure that no children are going to be denied access to shelter. We still don't have enough money to make sure that no um, women are denied access to shelter. We sh still don't have enough money to make sure that people who are discharged from the hospital can get into overnight shelter. But we're, but we're still returning this human services surplus, services, money, revenue that is intended to support people who are vulnerable, elderly, disabled, homeless, 
children, um, and it's going to plug other budget holes. And I don't think that um, represents our values. I, th I think we need to figure out a way where we can look at that revenue and reinvesting that revenue, maybe not all of it, but a certain percentage of it. Um, so those are things that I would like to address going forward. I you know, voted for this budget. I think there's a lot of good things in here. But I think we have um, a long way to go to achieving our goals for racial equity and social justice. And um, part of that, a big part of that, I think, is improving the process so we can make sure that everyone can participate in it and everyone understands and can engage in a meaningful way. Thank you, Supervisor Wegleitner. Supervisor Schmidt. Um, thank you, Madam Chair, and I'll try to keep my comments um, brief. First of all, um, I would really like to thank my fellow supervisors for all the hard work that you did in putting this budget together. Clearly, there are competing interests and, very, and limited resources that we have. And so it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of communication. It takes many, many hours on many of your parts. The committees did their jobs. The committees, the lack of debate on the floor tonight represents all the work that each of the committees did, and I'm really proud to be part of an organization and a government body where we um, honor the, the committee work that's, that's done. I also want to do a huge thanks to um, county staff. I don't think that we can thank them enough for their hard work, for their dedication, for their understanding and knowledge base that they bring to us as part of the committee process. We have outstanding county employees, and every one of them should be thanked not just with a good paycheck, but also with our gratitude for their support the evenings that they spend working with us, helping us get through the budget process. Um, this, bu this budget really uh, represents a balance, and yes, I agree with Supervisor Weigleitner, we can't do everything. We don't have enough resources to do everything, and there's still needs out there. But what I'm really proud of is the fact that this budget um, is really the result of, of negotiations. Um, we have um, incredible resources as part of part of human services. We provide public safety. There's improvements to the jail. Um, there's there's efforts moving towards greater um, greater um, uh, addressing racial disparity issues. Um, it opens the door for the county to be a partner in transit and transportation related activities, which is something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, it supports public works projects that incorporate sustainability into all of our operations. State-of-the-art medical examiner building the public highway garage that are fueled by resources from our landfill. Um, it also um, in, it also funds um, critical road work for our rural areas, making sure that farmers and other folks out in the rural areas can, can be able to make sure that their business gets done. So I just want to thank you all. It was a hard it was a hard budget. Obviously we have limitations. There's only so much we can do, but I really feel like this represents all of our core values and our constituents should be proud. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Schmidt. Supervisor Stubbs. Thank you, Madam Chair. First, let me thank you for your unwavering support that you have given uh, at this budget level. I'd also like to thank uh, Chair Pirtle from Personal and Finance, our leadership, especially Supervisor Baird, all the committee chairs, my colleagues, the county staff, and the county executive for all the efforts that have been given towards this extremely important budget. I am proud of this budget. I'm certainly um, standing to say that I think this budget does reflect many of our values, our beliefs, and our priorities. There's a particular area that I'd like to highlight very quickly. 
Um, I'd like to talk about the Center for Social Inclusion, which this year the county board did something that no other county in the United States have done. We actually sent out an RFP, the Center for Inclusion received the RFP, and they completed a racial equity analysis and recommendation. I'd like to say because of their work on today, like counties across the U.S., Dane County experiences deep racial-based disparities across all indicators of health, well-being, which impacts the quality of life for all of our residents. The goal is simple. The goal for Dane County is to be more inclusive and engaging here. Dane County has taken the steps necessary to end racial disparities and the inequities and its position to continue on this path to ensure that all of our residents have an opportunity to life and the fullness of great health. In addition, the solutions to racial disparities, mental health challenges in Dane County Jail throughout the criminal justice system work group recommendation was an exciting process. It included community, and I can say this for the first time, that community members felt that their voice was heard. And as you can see with our budget, there was a very critical position funded. The data position was funded. So thank you, Chair Russ and Chair Corrigan, for your leadership in those efforts. Uh, it certainly has given us a great effort uh, to go on for. But I'm also looking forward to the equity work that is going to be done with the new department. We should be proud of a new department that we have included, and thanks to our county executive with his partnership for the Office of Equity and Inclusion. I'm looking forward to the process that they will take us through. I like the comment one of our colleagues said here today to talk about the racial justice tools that we like to see come forward. And looking at our policies, our practices, our procedures, our training, someone whose job is strictly to go and look at these factors and come back and report to us. The other comment I like to talk about very briefly is one of our colleagues talked about Wisconsin Counties Association. I can stand here because I've been on the board of directors twice. I was appointed under the leadership of one of our colleagues here, um, O'Loughlin, Supervisor O'Loughlin Leadership. And I can say because I was in the room, I do believe my voice made a difference. And if I was not in the room, if I was not at the table, I can say that I would have some concerns that some policies probably would have been passed that some colleagues here would not have known about. But I'm standing here to talk about a particular resolution that happened this term. Our um, county board chair, Madam Chair, I contacted her and talked about there is restructure of Wisconsin County's Association of the board. One of the structuring practices was that the president would no longer have appointees. There's three appointee positions. I've come through this streamline, uh, the former president, Willie Johnson, which has been the streamline for women and people of color to come into that boardroom. And I was really concerned that we're going to lose those voices. The moment that I contacted Chair Corrigan, she immediately worked with me, and I contacted over 70 of our county board chairs to talk about this concern. And I stand here today to say the resolution that Madam Chair introduced at the Wisconsin County Association meeting with the county board chairs passed, which meant that this resolution goes back to include the three appointees there. This is a critical time that we cannot afford not to be in this membership, not to be in that room. And because I was in the room, 
I was able to come back and talk about a concern that I had. And so I would be very hesitant to say that we should not continue with our membership. We need that membership. We need the leverage. We need the communication. And I'm going to ask that we do not um, encourage the county executive to use this veto process, but encourage the county executive to work with us, to work with the staff at Wisconsin Counties Association to make sure that our voice is heard very loud and very clear. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Supervisor Stubbs. Supervisor DeFelice. Thank you, Madam Chair. <clears throat> and you thought this was going to end quickly. Um, I just wanted to, uh, I hate to further the, the uh, debate, if you will, because it's turning into something of a debate on the Wisconsin Counties Association, but I have to disagree with my uh, learned colleague here because, uh, in my experience, the Counties Association uh, really has been not worth the money we've been investing in them for these many, many years. Uh, you know, as I look at that, I've, I've had experience with them going back 20-plus years in a, in a professional capacity, both here on the board and elsewhere. And uh, my experience has led me to conclude that they are not nonpartisan. Uh, you look at their staff, uh, it looks like a retirement home for Republican legislators and staff. Uh, you look at their magazine. When Tommy Thompson was uh, governor, it was, looked like a fanboy magazine for him. He was on that cover. I swear if there were, you know, 48 issues, he was on 36 of them, all right? Uh, and if you saw Governor Doyle that many times or even a fraction of that, well, my heart would stop. But beyond that, you know, are the policies. And, you know, I think to, to indicate that the corporations uh, that they are gathering to help fund them are a good reason for us to support them because they keep our dues down is the best argument against this organization. You know, it's the last thing I want is a local version of ALEC in our state, in our city, in our county. And that would be the American Legislative Exchange Council, which is, in my mind, a corporate shill. I mean, let's just say it like it is. Uh, so I think for us to, you know, pay dues to that is exactly the wrong message we're sending. And I, I thank the county executive for his initial move and the rationale that we've heard here so far for not maintaining our ties to that organization because they are... Uh, in most cases, directly contrary to what we stand for and what counties stand for. And I want you to keep in mind the constant drip, drip, drip erosion of local control that the WCA has either stood on the sidelines about or been an active participant. These kinds of things are important to us because why do you have a county government? is to make decisions on behalf of our constituents. And if you're going to have an organization out there that we're a, you know, been a charter member to contributing to this, I think it's outrageous. So I, I urge the county uh, executive to veto that and get us out of that organization. Perhaps, you know, we could start one that's more uh, friendly to what we're all about, especially the values we've talked about here today that embodied that are embodied by this budget. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor De Felice.
Supervisor Baird. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I am incredibly proud of this budget and um, the efforts that it has done to address racial disparities and uh, criminal justice and equity within our criminal justice department. And I just really want to make some quick comments. First of all, the work groups, they convened this summer and they had 31 recommendations. The recommendations came out two months ago. More than a dozen are implemented in this budget. I think that is extraordinary. Um, I want to applaud the incredible collaboration it took to get to this point. Supervisor Pan, can you believe it that we're saying that? How successful it has been is really exciting. Supervisor Rusk, Supervisor Corgan, Chair Corgan, Supervisor Pirtle, leaders on all of this, Supervisor Dye, and especially um, my colleague and partner in this, Supervisor Stubbs. I'm very proud of this. Um, I'm also really proud of the collaboration that has taken place outside of this floor. Um, there are um, acknowledgments of some of the recommendations have been implemented not by us, but by the county executive. Uh, collaboration took place to get to the right terms and to work together. I worked with the sheriff's department. I worked with the judges. We wrote amendments together. We talked back and forth. This language doesn't work. No, this does. It was a huge success. I'm incredibly proud and incredibly excited. Really quickly, some of the things that we are implementing, and these are just some of them. Is First of all, the, the number one item that I know Chair Rusk and Chair Corrigan worked incredibly hard uh, on a data analysis uh, analyst position. The top recommendation is coming because the statement that, uh, my favorite statement that I heard from one of the work group facilitators was, you can't measure what you don't know. And it's just incredibly important that we have this data so that we can say, here's where the fault lies. Here's where we can make changes. I'm, I'm honored to be on PPJ, a very thorough, thoughtful group. And I know that when they get this data, they're going to make excellent decisions. We're reviewing segregation and solitary confinement. We're reviewing signature bonds and bail. We're uh, adding uh, additional crisis response team. That's what the county executive put in. We're funding and reviewing diversion groups. Um, we're creating a new work group to specifically look at all the different diversions. We're supporting expansion of community court and restorative justice. We're creating things that weren't even part of the recommendations, the community fund to support direct service the Department of Equity and Inclusion, so many things. This is a budget we should all be proud of. It is an excellent first step. It is an excellent continuation of our commitment and our promise to the community. So many citizens these days do not have faith in government, do not believe that government is supportive or endorsing of any of the issues that they believe. And we are proving them wrong, and I'm incredibly proud of this work. I'm incredibly proud to be a colleague, and I'm incredibly excited to vote for the levy and to uh, vote in support of this budget. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Baird. Supervisor Veldrin. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I want to thank, first of all, you and Supervisor Pirtle, uh, particularly, um, the work that you've done um, to bring this to us. It was hard, as Supervisor Pirtle said earlier, $1.6 million in requests, all valid, but obviously we have caps. And those are what's so difficult in this budget, because budgets are our priorities, but they're a roadmap, a roadmap of where we want Dane County to be. 
This is unfortunately a problem because of the dark cloud that's over us from down the street. When we have these tough caps that some people approve of, and that's fine, it, it limits what we want to do, and they don't reflect the Dane County way that we heard so much about. But we can be diligent in the work county executive and this county board does to keep that not just a phrase but a reality. The two areas that I am particularly proud of this year and that we needed to address and we talked about it at length all year are in the homelessness area and on addressing our racial disparities. And first of all, I just wanted to thank Lynn Green at Human Services for making and her staff who worked so hard to make things work for all of us in, in this community. Um, the day center, which is finally, hopefully, at least done as a location, will flourish. And next year, in 2017 budget, I think we'll see even more power put into the operating of that budget. I was glad we were able to increase uh, some funds in that area. Uh, we were able also to just squeeze some money and it would have been great if we could have gotten all the money we needed to address having women and, and, and children off of the street and that's really difficult but I think hopefully with our partners in the community we can get that done. But also the, the people that are doing the work for this county and you know other counties will say you know you, you do this or so, they actually do the work themselves and that is why they can't do as much work because we have our great partners in the community in the purchase service communities and to give them just 0.7 of a cola I know it's very small but I know it meant so much to them that we took a piece of this budget and said we're giving this more to you that we were able to increase it from this side and the county executive added a half percent and we know it's not enough Uh, I just want to thank, and I want to go over, I won't even try to go over all the, the great points that Supervisor Baird just made because um, just knowing how much work went on this summer. But thank you to her, Supervisor Rusk, Supervisor Pan, and Supervisor Stubbs for making and forcing this county and the people of this county to address what has been sort of a dirty little secret or maybe it wasn't even known that there are two Madisons that Supervisor Stubbs just talked about. When we're on all those great lists, there's another list, and I heard this from another source uh, just yesterday, um, that there are two different Madisons um, for people of color and, and the rest of us, the white people. They did, they did tremendous work. I was able to go to the, the final part of the three of the work groups and having them on such a tight schedule and getting done was just incredible work as we heard from Supervisor Baird, Baird and the details and the hard work that you put in and particularly also Supervisor Rusk and getting the, the analyst position that he desperately needed. And as I heard him say in committee, he never, never comes to a present the board a budget amendment without an offset and it was the first time that he did it and I almost sounded I was luckily enough because our meeting was just down the hall and I hadn't started yet 
and he really, it was almost, it seemed slightly painful, and I don't want to put thoughts and words in his mouth, but I knew he knew it was so important that the money needed to be spent. So I'm glad the committee just put forth that. And finally, um, having been a member of the Public Works Trans, Trans, Sub, Transit, Public Works Transportation Transit Subcommittee, I think I got it right, um, I was able to go and hear from citizens all over the county. Um, and thank you, Supervisor Schmidt, for heading this. And it's the transit fund that was created, as we know, is a start. But it gives us a place at the table. So the city of Madison isn't the only provider of transit services that we heard people from all parts of this county say we want to be part of that and we're hopefully that Dane County can provide that solution to be a partner with those people. Our park system continues to grow and it's vibrant and, and, we're, and the investments we continually make there make this one of the great places. And as many have said, the amount that the citizens pay is a great deal for their money. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, Supervisor Belgian. Supervisor Levin. Thank you, Madam Chair. I had the over, so I thought we should keep going. <clears throat> and uh, just want to thank uh, some of my uh, colleagues, uh, especially those on health and human needs. Our two uh, budget committees easily uh, will go longer than tonight as well. So we put in a lot of work. Um, we get to oversee uh, more than half the budget in terms of what gets spent and uh, a special thank you also to uh, Lynn Green and her staff for all the time and effort they put in. Um, there's obviously more that we need to do moving forward and I think uh, everyone, you know, gets what we, where we are and how we have to make those difficult decisions. But it seems like we're ending tonight on whether we veto or don't veto uh, WCA so, and our funds. So I want to at least put in my uh, two cents on uh, that we shouldn't veto and we should be a member of the Wisconsin Counties Association. Uh, I've known them personally and professionally um, for quite a long time, um, and they represent their members like a lot of trade associations. They work with all of their members, and um, I think it's, it's definitely an organization we need to be a part of. And to uh, get that, I wanted to quote... Uh, even though we're nonpartisan, I thought it would be good if I do some bipartisan quotes. And since we're in the uh, start of the presidential silly season, um, I figured, you know, President Reagan always used to say, um, if you're my friend 80% of the time, this is a paraphrase, friend 80% of the time, and then 20% the, uh, of the time, you're still my friend. And uh, my favorite president, or one of them, LBJ, said he'd always be, uh, rather be in the tent pissing out than outside the tent pissing in. So let's uh, remain in WCA. Thank you, Supervisor Levin. Is there further discussion? I see no further discussion um, on Resolution 256. On Resolution 256, what's before us is Sub 1. All those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and Resolution 256 is approved. Any other business as the county board is authorized to conduct by law? Seeing no one weighing in, is there a motion to adjourn? Moved by Chenoweth, seconded by Shower. All those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and we are adjourned. Congratulations, everyone.